Hello and welcome to God is a Dad podcast, the show where three couples get together to talk about how God parents us and then try to parent our kids in the same way. Today we're talking about violence, how much violence is too much to expose your kids to, how it affects kids, how we help them navigate it, those types of questions. And if you notice, we've been on a little bit of a tear talking about controversial topics. A couple weeks ago, we talked about profanity, alcohol, and now violence. And I've said this before, but I just want to make this abundantly clear. We do not think that we know how you should raise your family. We are not doing this show because we think we have the secret grail of knowledge that all families need to follow. We are just taking the time to share our experiences in the hopes that that would spark thoughts, ideas, and conversations about how to best raise your family. I think it's a super big problem when people listen to pastors, teachers, or leaders in the faith, see how they are raising their family, and then think, oh, does that mean I should be doing it that way? The answer is no. Your family is your family, and you know the best way to raise them. But sometimes it helps to hear what other families are doing to help you process through those decisions. So that's what we're here for. What that means is you might disagree a lot with some of the things we say or some of the policies we have for our families. But honestly, those are some of the best people to listen to. Because if we all just sit around and hang out with people that think like us, that talk like us, that look like us, that can really prevent some significant growth. So without further ado, violence and kids. Let's get started. So violence and children and just mature content in general and children has been a, an issue, I suppose, in the Christian world for decades and decades and decades. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's what I don't know. It seems to me like one of the central issues in parenting. A lot of times that people talk about is protecting, protecting their kids from seeing mature content, whether it's violence or sexual content or profanity or whatever it is. So my question that I thought we'd start with is what do you think in general people are scared of when they think about their children seeing violence or pretend participating in violence on video games? What's the, what's the root? What's like the deep fear that people have when they think about their kids coming in contact, encountering those things? My thought on it is that people are scared that it's going to give their kids like a traumatic experience. Yeah, they're going to be traumatized by what they see. <laughs> like what I was talking with Anna, I was able to identify three times that I had seen violence that was too mature for me when I was like eight. And each time I threw up, I like left the room crying wow. and then I threw up. <laughs> oh, Dude, gosh. Do, so scared. Do you remember what they were? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So two of them... <laughs> Two of them are like, I cannot believe it. They freaked me up so much. One was Surf Ninjas, where there was like people in this dungeon. There's like this boss guy and his lair had all of these people chained up like with their hands and like necks with chains and they're like wiggling around. I don't, I was super young when I saw it. I mean, maybe I was like six when I saw it and I couldn't take it. The second one was the Secret Garden, <laughs> like the book, like the Secret yeah. Garden with like the little girl and they're like, yeah, English or whatever. Oh, I don't know oh. what it. I don't know what disease happens at the beginning of it, but there's like oh. a there's a plague that runs through and everybody dies except uh, like a handful of people, and so you watch you watch this little girl's family all die because of the measles or whatever and that freaked me out a ton and then i think it was i can't remember the movie 
name, but I feel like it was the Three Amigos. There's a scene where some people are captured and then they're lined up, blindfolded, and then shot. I, it might not be the Three Amigos. That sounds pretty violent for a <laughs> Chevy Chase movie. But but I remember like it was just so visceral. You know, like they did the countdown, and then you see everybody you know lined up, mm-hmm. yeah, pointing guns, and then they shoot and it's like, Oh my gosh. Like, you know, people drop, some people moan, some people, you know, see blood on the wall. Each one of those was too much for me. Right. I think about protecting my kids from stuff or what I'm afraid of is like exposing them to something they just can't handle. Anna and I were talking about it and Anna was afraid of like violent violence and like how that, how that would get internalized or like acting out violent tendencies. And I'm, I'm just not as concerned. Uh, about that because I mean all I ever wanted to do as a little boy was run around and be a soldier that's all I ever did was just like I woke up early before my parents do it and I turned on like the black and white old war movies where they're in ditches talking on radios to each other and you know there's explosions all around and the whole acting out violently um, because you consume this media there's maybe like a little credence to it, I think, but I mean that, you know, like, especially in the video game world, they, every time like a mass shooting happens or, you know, like with the whole Walmart debacle, you guys know about that? No. That, that? Walmart wanted to take away video games or something that, yeah. that they didn't want to sell them anymore. Yeah. So Walmart took a bunch of games off. I think some, some stores pulled all video games with violent content in them off their shelves. Wow. Some like posted warnings about it there. And some like, I don't, I don't think it was a countrywide thing, but Mm -hmm. you know, but then like, you know, they didn't pull their guns from the store. And so like (laughs) (laughs) video game are like ticked off. Uh, because they're like, well, that's fine, yeah. or not even that's fine. But if you're gonna do that, like, take away the guns as well. So, <laughs> so it gets attacked at least once a year for for being the cause of these mass shootings. The research that I've read on it has never shown any like direct link between the two. You know, I do think there is some cause for concern with with just the the amount of violence that video games indulge in. But my own experience, though, like violence in and of itself wasn't the thing that triggered me. It, w- it was something else. Um, right. I mean, yeah, in two or three examples, wouldn't you say that the first two you said were not really actually because they were violent? Right. Yeah, no. So, I mean, yeah, one of them was clearly violence, but, but two of them were just sort of mature, disturbing, serious content that didn't really have a lot to do with violence, which I, which I think is kind of interesting to yeah. just point out. that I feel like you're totally right. I feel like people are nervous about damage or trauma. And I think specifically, like, kids encountering something that damages them almost beyond repair. Yeah. Uh, it's sort of like if you see something or, yeah, mostly if you see something slash hear something, experience something that is beyond your level, then you will be irreparably changed for the worse and you kind of can't get that back or there's no there's no coming back from that once you've seen it once your virgin eyes have seen this thing then you've lost some kind of innocence like when i asked nicole that's what she said she does the first thing she said is she's like i think we're afraid that kids will lose their innocence 
And when I pressed her on that, what, I, what that actually means or why that's a bad thing, because eventually everybody loses their innocence. Basically, what she said is I'm afraid of them being traumatized or damaged. But I feel like what you're saying, and I think I would totally agree with you, is that the damage or the trauma that I've seen our kids experience or that I remember experiencing has little to do with violence. And it has almost way more to do with tone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when a movie or a game or a TV show is going for a certain tone that's dark and scary and disturbing and mature, it can be way less violent or it can be way uh, even, even no violence or totally different type of violence or the exact same violence that they've experienced in a different setting. But if the tone is dark versus light, then it really bothers them and it's really disturbing. And it's kind of, it's kind of funny because you're like, yeah, I mean, you've seen people get punched before, or you've seen people get captured before, or you've seen all these different actions, but the tone that they're communicating with is completely different. And I totally get it because I feel the exact same way. Like <laughs> there's stuff that I feel like a little bit more disturbed by, even now as an adult, because of the way that it's done. And it's funny, I think how much of it has to do with like cinematography and sound yeah, know, and soundtrack. It's like weird how much, but that creates this effect that even to me makes a huge difference in terms of what I'm, what I'm experiencing and what it's doing to me inside of me. Well, when my, my experience when, when I was young, probably like seven or eight, I played uh, Duke Nukem and uh, Doom. <laughs> yeah. And, right, right. and um, maybe my parents were just like isolated from that conversation. But yeah. when, when you read articles about Doom and mm. Duke Nukem, like they were very controversial uh, yep. When they were were first released, so maybe my parents were just isolated <laughs> from that noise uh, by letting me play those games. But right. I I played them, and yeah, there's no. I am like the least like gun person that you could ever have. Like <laughs> I I absolutely have like no interest in shooting guns and being violent or what <laughs> whatsoever, and so. Yeah, me playing Doom as a seven-year-old had no... I, I don't see any effect long-term because I think that's uh, exactly what you were saying, Justin, right. that the tone and just the way that Doom or Duke Nukem is set up, it's so fantastical and so absurd mm -hmm. uh, that there was no correlation between Doom and reality for me. Uh, it, it, was, it was a cartoon. And so, yeah, it, it, it's interesting what we try to choose or what we try to think will be the, the influence of our children, what will influence our children. Uh, because, yeah, well, like what, like Dan's examples, like that, those examples are just random. I, I wouldn't be like, oh, Elliot, you know, maybe I should like like watch the secret garden first before I show it to you to make sure, you know, you're not scarred for life by this, you know, and that would never enter my head. And so I don't, I don't know from, from my perspective, I want to be, I want to be proactive of, of course, and what we're showing him, but I want our, probably our biggest role to be is to help him process after the fact. And so we, we can't filter out every single type of violence or mature content that, that he sees. Uh, but I want, I want us to be able to have the correct dialogue, to have the correct conversation after he sees something. That way we can process it and just say, hey, do you realize that this is fake or this isn't real? This isn't something that we do in real life. This is for 
entertainment, whatever. And so I, yeah, I, I just want to be good at those conversations rather than trying to like be paranoid and try to guard him, you know, from every possible thing that, that could be harmful to him because we, we just don't know. So my counterpoint or my, my thought is I feel like it's pretty easy to guard against like, I mean, maybe the secret garden and surf ninjas, maybe those were sleepers. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I don't, uh, those, those would be hard ones to catch, but I feel like there's a lot of systems in place right now for us to avoid it. That's a good point. I feel like I'm a little bit in the middle because I feel like I have experiences with both sides. Like, we, we we let James and Cameron watch a lot of stuff and play a lot of stuff that is well beyond their ratings. You know, a lot of people might feel uncomfortable with it or whatever. And Nicole feels uncomfortable with it, but she's like, I just kind of take your lead. But so, like, what do you let them watch that is like people would be upset about? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It's not. It, yeah, I'm, it's probably not that bad. I'm thinking if you're the person. <laughs> that would be uh, an experiment. Probably the worst thing is that I just let them watch me play mature video games. Which ones? Uh, I've let them watch me play Halo. I've let them watch me play The Witcher. I've let them watch me play like the Lord of the Rings one, the Shadow mm. Shadow of yeah. War one. So they're like cutting off orcs' heads, like decapitating them, and you know dismembering them and yeah. that kind of stuff. So I mean, you know, swords cutting through people, and there's not a I wouldn't say a gratuitous amount of blood and guts and gore, but I mean, it's it's violent, you know. Yeah. yeah. So they've seen that kind of stuff, and. I cannot think of a time where anything like that has bothered them, just pure violence. But then we're home this summer, and we never watch the news because we don't really have TV. But So we're at my parents' house, and the news is on, and we're just kind of in the living room talking and eating dinner or whatever. And then something comes on the news that talks about like criminals. There's like criminals, police trying to catch criminals. They rob some house or something like that on the news. And, and we, I didn't even know it happened. I, didn't even, I wasn't paying attention or whatever. But that night... James could not sleep and he was as, as terrified as he has ever been and couldn't go to sleep because he was so worried about criminals because he's heard on the news that, that the news anchors were talking about the fact that there are real criminals. And even since then, it's been like two months since then. And he still once every two weeks kind of will come into our room and he'll be like, I'm thinking about criminals. And then we'll go through this whole process of like, you know, we have this whole little, this routine, you know, like God will protect you. Mom and dad will figure it out. And you're also brave, James. And those are three things we tell him or whatever. And Mm -hmm. he's like, I just can't, but he's like, I just can't get the criminals out of my head. (laughs) Like, I just can't stop thinking. I can't there. And then we'll be talking about it and trying to process through and he'll be like, okay, they're almost out of my head. Yeah. It's almost, it's getting close. They're almost gone. And then we'll keep talking and be like, oh, they're back in my head. I can't. They're, it was close, but now they're back in. So we have to process, and we and we try to do you know all the right stuff. But at the same time, he just heard news people, news anchors talking about criminals, and it's like stuck in his head, and he's like traumatized because he he's experienced some level of trauma just experiencing through a news program, which you'd never think. I'd think I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think there's there's yeah. ratings on the news program, right? But he just heard that, and he's seen way worse. But he just that for some reason bothered him. That's why I think like the focusing on like the reaction and focusing on what what you how you process with them is so important because yeah you just have no idea what's going to impact them and to what extent. So I'm yeah I'm I'm willing to be okay with like exposing them to whatever and if something ends up sticking in a bad way then yeah. 
like working w- working through it then. But I mean, I think Dan's point is valid because the whole idea is that you don't want to be having those conversations <laughs> constantly, right? And <laughs> and if you're not taking like proactive steps to limit the number of times that they are traumatized, then you're you know you just have you would have to have those conversations less, which I think is a good idea if you can get there. So like I I think it's really important to like learn what really bothers your individual kids because I think different things bother different kids probably. I'm pretty sure. I mean, Cameron was in the same room and he heard the same news program and it didn't it didn't get to him at all. Uh, right. But I think that what you're actually when when you're going through that and trying to figure out what is going to be good for your kids or or not, you're actually just saying what's going to be good for you. It, it, it's more it, it's probably more <laughs> right? uh, I, I mean, because that's why you play like the Lord of the Rings video game is because like that type of violence doesn't bother you, and so you just assume right that it's not going to bother your kids. Uh, but there, there's like no way for you to know. Like before you put that video game in, there was absolutely no way for you to even know if your boys would be affected by an orc's head getting Yes. Cut, you know? Yes. Really? Yeah. I mean, I mean, when you turn on the news and it's just like, oh, criminals, and then suddenly that stuck in his head. Like, there, there's no way for you yeah. to, like, actively, like, like 100% know that that's wow. going to or not going to affect <laughs> them. And so, really, when you're like, hey, I'm okay with you seeing this, you're you're just saying like, hey, this is okay for me, so I think it'll be okay for you. Yeah, no I see what way. You're you know, because like like right now, I I watch like uh, wrestling, like WWF wrestling with Elliot. Like I I show him like all the old like wrestling matches, and I'm okay with showing him that because I really liked wrestling growing up, you know, and I was okay with that level of quote unquote violence. Yep. And so sure. when I when when I expose that, you know with him i'm not i don't know how that's gonna affect him but because i'm okay with it i'm like all right well it'll be fun just to share that with you i mean i think like if your argument is ultimately that you can't escape your own bias then sure but i my i would lean more heavily on the fact that you are with my kids i would hope that i'm taking an an objective perspective as much as I, as possible for somebody like you can try your best to put on an objective third person hat and think of it in pros and cons and like I'm 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 just saying that if you got like fifty people in a room and we're like, hey, is it okay to watch wrestling with your two year old? I bet the only people that would say yes would be the people that actually watch r- wrestling like growing up. And they'd be like, Yeah, it's fine. I see what you mean. I mean, I, I think we can all agree that all of us at some point would have a really hard line where we'd be like Content past this line is definitely right. not okay for my kids. And we'd all have a, a further up line that is like, okay, this is the line that creates like definitely everything less mature than this line is white. And that's totally fine. And there's no yeah. doubt. But Jake's talking about the gray zone. And he's saying how far you go in the gray zone depends on your experience and your values and what you're okay with, basically. Right. Yeah. And I'm saying like, I, I think, to- yeah, I, I totally agree that I push the gray zone in ways that I want to because of the stuff that I like and the stuff that I'm okay with and the stuff that I want to. So I'm totally agree with that. Totally agree. That, sure. That, that sure. Zone, yeah. But I still think in the gray zone, you're, you're like questioning your own decisions. Right. No, like I, Stone Cold Steve Austin comes on, I don't know, with like 
a stripper or something. You're you're going to be like a little bit more. (laughs) You're going to be a little bit more wary when he's I don't know eight or eight, and you're like, oh, uh, he just smashed the fiftieth beer over his head, and she's dripping. Um, um, you know, like there's going to be like some line Mm -hmm. (laughs) where you think like, you know, you're going to be questioning that when he walks on stage, right? So my question then off of that. Everybody has their own opinions about how appropriate, how deep you want to go in the gray zone, right? Like some people would say, I'm only going to go in the white. I'm only going to intentionally expose them to things that I know will be okay for them. And I won't push, I won't push into the gray zone very deep at all, right? And I understand the logic there because you're like, if we're trying to avoid trauma and damage to our kids, then stay in the white and you can avoid the damage and trauma. So my question is, what, like, what do you guys think the benefit is? Or like, why would we even wade into the gray zone that is worth that risk because i think some people could listen to this and be like but why like what what is even the good that comes out of letting them do that like even if it's a small amount of damage or something that can be recovered from what is the point of exposing a young child to something that might possibly you know affect them i mean they grow they they grow they get bigger they get that's my argument i think is like i want to produce functioning well-adjusted um rational adults by 18 and i think that like experiencing violence experiencing mature content i was just talking with ann about it the other day i was watching um i peruse reddit every once in a while i watched one where a a cop and and a body cam there was a shooting in it and i was i was talking with anna afterwards and i was really thankful that i was able to see what I saw because it just put a a whole new respect, a whole new perspective, not necessarily a whole new one, but just like reinforced what I knew about the world and like the serious nature of violence. And, and I think it, it helped to develop me more with my respects and my, my perspectives and um, stuff like that. Just like for a kid, I think, you know, like appropriate levels, you know, I'm not going to like, stream that stuff sure right yeah yeah i got you uh, yeah. yeah it's like seeing saving private ryan for the first time when you're however old like that's an impactful experience i agree with all of that like eventually they're going to have to be exposed to to actual real life violence uh just uh, exactly like your example justin with with the news you know they they're going to be exposed at some point to hey the, this is how the real world works there are bad people who make bad decisions and that that violently impacts other people um so yeah i they have to be exposed to that at some point and so i don't i can understand the the people who say well just let them naturally be exposed to that like you don't have to intentionally show them violence to to get them desensitized or something or to to normalize it in their lives uh yeah yeah right in terms of violence in media like video games movies what what shows or or whatever i think it's beneficial because it teaches them it teaches us almost a significant cause and effect and it teaches when i do this then I get killed in the video game and that's an actual consequence and mm. the the impact of me losing a life or something you know 
I, I don't know. I mean, I, I remember playing Mario, you know, growing up. And I, when my character would die, that would be, I, I had to problem solve and register like, oh, mm. man, something bad happened to me in the video game. Now I have to figure out what to do in order to stay alive or to make sure my character doesn't die again. And so because of violence and media, actually, I don't know. I think that's a good lesson, I don't know, for kids to develop. It's just a problem-solving thing. Yeah, it's like practice or play. Like, I'd rather have my kids, like, they're, like there's going to be some fascination with it. You don't think there's going to be fascination, Justin? No, I think I think it's inevitable. I mean, I oh, think okay. I, just I, I, I think it's – no, I, I just smiled because it's like, yeah, I mean – that. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that some people really try hard to prevent their kids from coming into contact with violence or, or expressing violence in any way. But to me, it seems fairly convincing that there's just something hardwired into humans that are sort of drawn to violence. I would even say it's not even necessarily a negative thing in, in the sense that I guess I think we're drawn to violence in the form of like the destruction of evil. So something resonates in our hearts when good things destroy evil things. And there's that's inherently a violent act the end of the story of humanity you know ends with uh the savior riding in on a horse with a sword uh you know coming out of his mouth and slaying a dragon so at least that you know that's the that's the way it's portrayed i guess you know i don't know if it's actually gonna happen like that but i mean that's how it's portrayed to us because i think he knows that something inside of us really resonates with that message and that sort of thing yeah i think it's unavoidable and so like any healthy ways that you can you can do that or facilitate or you know like be alongside uh them in that process it's a, it's a good thing i also think that for me i mean this is not nearly as uh convincing of his answer as the ones that you just said both of you but i i just think if you don't expose your kids to it they might be a little bit weird and i'm i'm interested in my kids not being weird uh <laughs> like i don't like i mean just because it's so it's so commonplace and it's so ubiquitous in culture that if your kid has not experienced anything of any violence at all and they're around kids all the time they're constantly talking about Fortnite or just anything in in popular culture and they're totally out of loop because you've banned violence i think that's that could be traumatic in its own right i guess i would mm-hmm. say like i i remember <laughs> I don't, I don't have, I actually don't remember many movie or media traumatic experiences like you do, but I do have a traumatic experience when I was in fifth grade in elementary school, we were in an assembly in the cafeteria and we were lined up youngest to oldest sitting on the floor. Right. And there was like a motivational speaker, you know, pumping people up or trying to get us to believe in ourselves or something. So kindergarten, first, second, third, fourth, all the way to the back. And I was in fifth grade. So I was in all the way in the back. Right. So I could see everybody in front of me and I don't know. This must have been, it was 1990. Yeah. 1998 or something like that. So I think men in black had recently come out and he was, and it was like the big movie, whatever of the summer. And the guy was like, who in here seen men in black, raise your hand, you know? And he's like, you know, pump up. And then literally I think 80% of the auditorium, 90% of the auditorium's hands go up and I'm in fifth grade. So I can, I'm the oldest and I can see all these fourth graders, third graders, second graders, kindergartners that are all like raising their hands and have seen it. And I'm just kind of like, like the dilemma in my mind is like, should I lie? Should I raise my hands to pretend like I've seen this movie that I haven't? Because <laughs> I was like, story. yeah, I mean, I was like nine or 10, right? And and it was PG-13. So I hadn't seen it because my, my parents stuck by the ratings. And I'm traumatized more by that than any, any violent thing I saw is being like, I cannot believe there's first graders that have seen this movie that I haven't seen. Uh, <laughs> And so I don't know, I guess, you know, 
pendulum swing, like I experienced that. I don't want my kids to experience that as much. So, so. right. That's uh, awesome. So yeah, for me, that's a pro. Like I just want my kids to not, to not be the weird fifth grader in the back that, you know, hasn't seen men in black. I mean, I, I feel like too, to, to put it all in context, I think none of us are, are saying, Hey, this is like 90% of everything that they do or everything that they see is violent, you know, or violence related. Um, and so, yeah, I just want to, want to put that out there too, that it's all a percentage thing. Like I do not want Elliot. I don't want the majority of the things that he's consuming to be WWF wrestling, (laughs) you know, even though we watch it together and it's fun and whatever, like, if that was the only thing that he was watching, then yeah, I would be I would be con- concerned. But uh, just putting it in the context of everyday life, we are you know we're reading the Bible together, we're reading you know wholesome stories, and you know we're going on walks and we're playing sports and we're doing all of these things. And with like within that, there's also a time for quote-unquote violent stuff that 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 we watch and so it's just a little sliver of what we're exposing him to and that's just part of life like you get all the good stuff you get all the fun stuff and violence sometimes like falls in that in that range wholesome bible stories where right yeah massacre uh entire villages women and children too and guys are taking skulls and killing thousands of men with the skulls of men or something <laughs> he, he does really like uh david and goliath i mean it's the classic favorite bible story right i mean right it's i mean i th- I think somebody somebody this summer asked one of, one of our kids what their favorite bible story was and of course james was like david and goliath it's like yeah. that was my favorite too as a kid i mean there's something something hardwired into us about slaying giants i don't know he he does get really sad at the crucifixion though so it's a good guy good yeah. guy's dying right sad what uh sad. what percentage would you guys put put your kids at for consuming violence or even like I would include like interacting there, like interacting in violent ways. Are we putting football in the violent category? <laughs> Cause that, then, then it might be a lot. Yeah. I personally yeah, I mean, 80%, I would say 80% they're fighting or whatever. I mean, we have to, and it's always the thing that they choose. Like we have, we're actively pushing them into reading or coloring or drawing or building Legos or playing with cars like if they have a choice, they will always choose the violent thing. So if it's not violent, it's because we probably have encouraged them to something less violent. But that's just kind of the way to where, to where they go. If that's... Eli had a brother, it'd be I think it'd be like a hundred percent. But Ella is remarkably low, five to ten percent. I mean, she enjoys wrestling with me and Eli, but that's about the extent of her her yeah, interest. That, that's another thing that we could get into is just the the gender. I don't know if it's stereotype or just gender predisposition towards violence, but I mean, I, I feel like our conversation and our experiences would be very different if we just had all girls. I mean, it's it's crazy. They're both at the same age and their interests could not be any more opposite. I would say Eli's hovering around like 50 and if I would engage in all of the activities that he wanted to, it'd be a hundred. <laughs> like it would, I mean, he would always choose wrestling. He would always right. choose boxing, fighting, playing. Nope. But Ella, it's like My Little Pony, dressing up, doing crafts. Like she is the very stereotypical. I mean, it, it's just totally her. 
Jake, so I mean, you said that like the thing you want to focus on is the processing of the trauma or the damage. Like, do you any like what would you what would you do or what would you say you think right now is your process or what 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 are important aspects of that process in helping your kids work through going those things that they've gone through that are maybe too mature for them? So, I mean, we have a two year old, so it's a little bit different. Um, just in terms of what we can actually process with him. But, for sure. example, the wrestling thing is a great example. So we watch a lot of wrestling. We wrestle quite a bit. And now it's like, man, what type of monster have I created? Because for him and I, <laughs> as father and son, probably... 70% of our interactions now are like physical violence. Mm. <laughs> I'll, I'll just yeah. be sitting on the couch and he will come up to me and just start hitting me. <laughs> like all, all he wants to do, all he wants to do is wrestle me and roughhouse yeah. with me. Yeah, we we have or I have. <laughs> I've been trying to take the steps to process that with him. <laughs> and I simply say Hey, Elliot, I love you. I love to wrestle with you, but now I don't want to wrestle. I, <laughs> I want to wrestle. I want to sit. Yep. I want to play cards. I want to do something else, but please stop. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm not sure it's that different with a two year old. I had that exact same conversation five hours ago with James. I'm not joking. He, did, I, I came from school and he's kind of like, they were kind of bouncing off the walls or whatever. And he's just got that look in his eye, like the violent, wrestling look in his eye. And he just like came uh-huh. up against me on the couch and he just like punched me in the stomach. <laughs> and he was not like being mean or whatever. He was just I, like, you know, like, yeah. and I was like, James, I like to wrestle with you. I really do. But if I'm just sitting here on the couch, I don't want to be punched. Like that's something you need to understand. <laughs> like there's a time for it. So it's no different uh, yeah. for a six-year-old I, and two-year-old. I, or, yeah. I feel bad for him because I'm basically saying, Elliot, the only time... I want to wrestle you is when I initiate the, the <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's basically my mindset right now. I only want to wrestle you on my terms. And as a two year old, you can't understand that. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's our, that I, I'm assuming that our post violent like discussions and processing will look something similar to, to that conversation. Uh, it will just be an evolution of that type of conversation. But basically, that there's a time and there's a place and there's a context to where this is okay, uh, and then in other areas, most other areas, it's actually not okay to, to do what you see. Then, do you have how much processing do you do with Eli about that kind of stuff? We have done some. Mostly, it involves school so far uh, because he's been bullied a couple times, and there's been. There's been some things that that have been like, even for a five-year-old, being bullied has been more extreme. And I think that right now, a lot of our processing looks like delineation between, It's he's never been afraid of anything that we've shown him or that he's seen or that right now he's more afraid of stuff he sees inside himself with how he responds to people. And so we talk a lot about just boundaries. Like, what's the difference between like wrestling me and wrestling Justin? What's the difference between punching me if we're doing like boxing and you walking up to a friend and punching them in the butt, you know, like just a lot of different boundary setting and kind of like trying to structure 
structure that stuff for him. We're talking about defense versus aggression. We're talking about appropriate places to touch people, appropriate situations to engage in. I would say the biggest one that we're talking with him right now about is like what he what he sees in himself. And he's like afraid that he's always, always mean. Um, and so we're like, yeah, we're asking him if he actually is mean. And if he owns it, then like talking through it that way. And if he says like, oh, I'm not actually mean, I just da 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 Then we talk about like, okay, that's good. Let's talk about what you actually mean by these actions. And so they kind of take on two different sorts of conversations. One where he does bottle up anger and gets frustrated and, and handles it inappropriately versus like one where he's just really excited and he really likes this thing. So that's how he applies it to all his relationship. Hmm. Yeah, right. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, we definitely had that conversation about about wrestling and fighting and how it's like, you know, who are the people in the world you can wrestle and fight? And the list is very short. Uh, yeah. Um, unless unless you get a friend that has some kind of similar understanding, which you know we don't have any of those. So I guess I guess I'd leave the door open for that. Yeah. Our our kids, yeah, our kids have never really been violent to towards anybody else or had violent thoughts. I don't think to anybody else. Yeah. Much experience with that. Yeah. It it kind of came about because I think he was bullied to the point where I was like, oh, that's bad. like it like. Yeah. You know, right. Right. Like, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, that's bad. <laughs> like, a kid got sent out of school for it. And, like, you know, there was, mm-hmm. like, a whole process to the thing. But he has a really hard time between, like, identifying being bullied and, like, being played with. And mm-hmm. so, like, sure, yeah. then I think that kind of spreads into, like, his interactions with people who aren't, you know, how he interacts with, with other kids as well. So, mm-hmm. a lot of questions. And... I think also not shying away from his, like his actual frustrations. Cause I think the one thing would be one thing that would be tempting for our specific situation would be to like, you're not a bad kid. You're not, you know, like you don't have these, you know, Mm -hmm. you don't actually want to hurt anybody. You don't actually want to whatever. Um, But if he says, yes, you know, like, do you, did you handle that appropriately? Did did you punch, you know, your Mm -hmm. sister because you were mad? then that's a totally different for him to yep. like understand and engage with. Yeah. The only thing we've ever got, I mean, we're nowhere close to that. And we, I mean, we should talk about that more probably. That'd be, I'd be interested in that, but is like in their video games when actually these Leo games are a little bit like Grand Theft Auto in that you kind of like roll around town and you can kind of do whatever you want a little bit. Obviously they don't have quite as many options for what things you can do, but you can like, there's like civilians and you can like attack civilians or run them over with your car or like set them on fire or like, you know, do all the, it's all very cartoonish or whatever, but it's like, you know, you're like Avengers rolling through New York city and there's just civilians and you can do whatever you want, you know? And they like, when you kill them, you know, they just kind of like break as like Lego pieces or whatever. But, <laughs> but there was one time where our kids were playing and like they discovered that and they'd beaten all the levels and they were just running around the city. And that's all they were doing is they were just running around like as Iron Man shooting rockets at everybody on the street or like, you know, driving their motorcycle down the sidewalk and like laughing as they like kaplunk, 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 just like knocking, knocking people over. <laughs> and, and Nicole and I were like, we're not, you know, we're not super comfortable with violence being used for like just harming civilians. Right. And I know they're Lego pieces. Maybe it's not a big deal, but, but we were like bothered enough by it that we were like, we had to sit down and we were like, okay guys, 
why why do like who do good guys fight like why do we fight you know <laughs> <laughs> is it is it just to is it just to hurt anybody you know do we just hurt whoever we want to because we can because we're a superhero and they're like no we don't like who do we hurt we hurt bad guys why do we hurt bad guys because bad guys are trying to hurt other people you know so we stop them all and all that kind of stuff that that basic conversation but i was like you know i don't think this is a big deal but also it was just a little bit a little bit beyond what i was wanting my six-year-old to be doing with his video game times right murdering civilians on the sidewalk so uh yeah that's the that's the closest i've ever gotten to something like that yeah that this would have been another uh interesting conversation to have with the with the wives uh i'm sure they would have brought a totally different perspective (laughs) (laughs) yes yep they would have that is it for us thanks so much for listening Next week, we'll be back finishing off that conversation, talking about how God factors into this, whether or not he as a parent allows us to experience violence, how he helps us process through it, that kind of stuff. In the meantime, we would be so grateful if you would tell one or two people about this podcast, especially if you are married to someone. Like we've said before, we would like to be a show that parents could listen to together and then hopefully inspire deep, meaningful parenting conversations with each other. We think that's the primary benefit that people are going to get out of listening to teaching is actually making decisions with their spouse about the topics discussed. Let's be honest. Think about how many podcasts you've listened to the past week, month, or year, and how much real profound change has actually come from just listening. If you're thinking, actually, there's a lot of change that happens every time I listen to a podcast episode, then please message me on Instagram and tell me how that's possible. For most of us, I think, though, we listen to things and they don't really change our lives. So we think the change is going to happen if you get in there and talk with your spouse about how to parent more like God. So I hope you do that, and we'll see you next week. I like left the room crying wow. and then threw up. Laughing as they like plunk, 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 plunk. The second one was the Secret Garden. <laughs>